0: Hey, Ethan, the Warriors All-82 podcast is brought to you by GameTime, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Did you know Warriors ticket prices tend to drop right before the game starts? <gasps> what? Yes, even for this Warriors team. GameTime tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, then shows you all the best last-minute deals, with prices up to 60% off. More than 12 million fans have downloaded the GameTime app and discovered the fastest, easiest way to get into the game. The app is simple, quick, and easy to navigate. So head to the App Store or Play Store now to download GameTime and score awesome deals on last-minute tickets. Celtics in town on Friday. Hello and welcome to a Strauss edition of the Warriors All-82 podcast. I'm sitting down to do a post-game podcast about the 2-9 and nine Warriors, and Ethan Strauss is trying to convince me I cannot throw a tennis ball <laughs> up to our new media seats, which are higher than uh, they were in Oracle, but... It's ridiculous to think that I can't throw a tennis ball up there. And I, and this is, a, a, again, I'm not saying I'm a, I'm a Ramon Loriano, I'm a, a line drive outfielder. Uh, but the media seats aren't far enough to where I can't reach it with a tennis ball from here, which is right about courtside.
1: Well, Anthony, this is the night of your athletic prowess being touted, evidently. Because what happened after the game? I think you can you can tell us what happened. Uh, you know, do, do you want to say?
0: Well... It's, it's curious. I don't know if this is a compliment to me or a uh, ridicule of me, but Draymond Green post-game was identifying the Warriors' defensive issues, and I have a stat for you uh, coming up after I tell this story of, of where exactly this Warriors' defense is currently at. But he identified pick-and-roll defense as the main issue, and uh, after killing their pick-and-roll defense, he actually said, but you know what? It has improved since day one because day one of training camp he told me We couldn't guard you in the pick-and-roll. And And in some ways, yeah, it's like, wow, NBA player, defensive player of the year just said he couldn't guard me (laughs) in the pick-and-roll. But then at the same time, it's clear he was saying, it was so bad not even you
1: could score on us in the pick-and-roll. Should I take that as a compliment or a a criticism? I, I don't think he's done his media game scouting. I see you more in the dunker spot. Uh, benefiting from the poorest pick and roll coverage with the with the dump off pass and converting, you know, I think you could score potentially. I just don't see you as as an on the ball guy. Uh, but maybe are,
0: are you telling me Draymond Green did not tune into Chris Haynes T Mobile, uh, <laughs> you know, live stream with the Sky Cam? As I was, uh, shout out by the way, Logan Murdoch. I hope you're listening because I uh, absolutely posted you. <laughs> and uh, the, the clip is online so, so I have proof of this But we've gone way too, yes. too long Talking about our own stuff uh, The Warriors uh, The oh, defensive yeah, issues the, the reason why that quote was uttered uh, Because of where they are defensively uh, quick guess, uh, nba.com slash stats, advanced defensive rating. What do you think their
1: current defensive rating is for the season through 11 games? I mean, I, I couldn't even tell you. Yes. I just know I just know they're last. That's all. Like, I, I know they're last, and the number, the actual, they are one, you know, like over 110. I, I we are
0: over 110.
1: <laughs> you want to keep going? <laughs> oh, God. Is there, Price is right. 120? Like, what? No, what is it? No, 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 no. <laughs> Um, they're one sixteen point eight.
0: And do you know what the Cleveland Cavaliers, the worst defense in NBA history last season? The la you know, the, the, the post LeBron first season Cleveland Cavaliers that had Colin Sexton kind of floating around out there, they were awful defensively last year. What do you think their defensive rating was
1: last year? Man, I've no idea. One one thirteen? What what is it?
0: One sixteen point eight. so right okay. now they have the exact defensive rating through eleven games of the worst defense in NBA history.
1: I mean it makes sense, though, right? I mean, what what else would we expect if you completely... Not the worst defense in NBA history. I, I don't know. I mean, you haven't had Draymond. You don't really have rim protection. You have smaller players. You've turned over the roster. Young guys don't know where to go and what they're doing. Ron Adams is still with the team, but not on day-to-day basis. I, I, I don't know if I would have said this is going to be the worst defense in NBA history, but... It makes sense, and you also have Looney out as well. Um, And then it becomes an issue if we talk about Draymond, and I guess we're getting to it right now off the bat because he had an interesting game. He was ejected from it. it. It's a stranger fit right now for this season with him. It seems like he is the guy who would most perhaps benefit from a gap year. And you want him in the kind of situation, championship on the line, you want him there. You want his defense. You want his competitive fire. But in a situation like this, where the end goal is likely a draft pick, there's something almost incongruous about him being with the team during this moment. So, I, hey, I guess if he's healthy, you just have to continue to roll with it. But it is, it is weird.
0: Yes, um, well, what's, what's interesting about it is that there's like two uh, aspects of it where there is the motivational aspect, which you just hit on, uh, where we are talking about a guy who will f- gladly float through a regular season, You know, maybe get 25 pounds overweight like he did last year, um, but know that uh, he's mentally strong enough to shed it when it matters and rev himself up in the playoffs. And, and, and we cannot forget that six months ago he was – awesome in the playoffs. He was probably the best player in that West Finals without Kevin Durant uh, against the Blazers. He was pushing it like old Draymond at every opportunity. He killed Portland in that series. He was blocking shots like crazy. Like, his... His numbers historically against the Blazers in the playoffs are crazy. Uh, So that player existed not that long ago. Um, But that is the player that always kind of needs that mental motivation that he really cannot have right now. You could tell him, get in the best shape of your life, play the best basketball you can play, and you're still going to be on a 28-win team. So, So that's the motivational aspect. Do you want to – because I want to talk about the schematic one too, which is interesting, yeah. and Steve Kerr got into it tonight and Draymond Green pointed out tonight. And it's the fact that right now, that this past week during the road trip that Draymond Green was not on, D'Angelo Russell comes back. Steve Kerr flips. He doesn't even want like this type of offense, but he knows he has to do it. They're going heavy high screen. D'Angelo Russell has been awesome. He scored 52, then he scored 30, then he scored 33 tonight. Uh, but it – turns Draymond Green into a spacing, you know, out-of-the-fray offensive player. And he's now 4 of 17 from 3 this year. He airballed one, bricked a few tonight. The three-pointer's not there. And he now
1: doesn't, beyond the motivation thing that he doesn't fit into this season, he doesn't fit schematically into the offense. and Especially when you consider that you want the young guys to get the ball and to get better and to explore their talents. If Draymond, as he is, he's a better on-ball player or he's better involved in pick-and-roll than he is, off the ball for the reason you just stated um, and that's the way to make use of him and if you start doing that then you're not you're not getting some of what you might want from the younger players. Uh, I thought Pascal was uh, far more reluctant to get into the action than he had been previously. I don't think he really had a, a bad game but he just wasn't as involved until maybe you know garbage time effectively and so uh, it, it, there's this weird fit and nobody can say hey Draymond, go fake an injury and, you know, come back next season when we're really going for the title. But it does seem like they're in that kind of situation where it just doesn't make sense to have this kind of player with this kind of team right now.
0: You know, I I think that maybe, you know, I understand that they're trying to do like a lot of Willie Colley-Stein, D'Angelo Russell pick and rolls, uh, which, by the way, is not working fantastically from the Willie Colley-Stein part of that equation. Maybe... The smart thing is when Draymond's in to have him in some of those. Like, you know, I mean, like, he, he, he does work when he's in a step Historically, has worked when it's him and Steph running that kind of 1-4 pick and roll. Um, maybe, you know, you work that in where he's the screener, uh, you know, a decent amount. Because if D'Angelo Russell is going to be here beyond the season and how, you know, again, maybe our minds change every day on this, but D'Angelo Russell really looks good right now. Oh, yeah. Um, so, you know. Maybe the way you can use this constructively, this time constructively is to try to work on a Draymond Green D'Anzelo Russell two-man game because it's possible down the line next season when, when when the stakes are back on the
1: line, that's maybe your second unit pairing. Again, that that is and it could prove useful. It just seems like that again is going to take that's going to take everybody else out of the picture. And I think they should I have no idea how good Pascal is going to be. Uh, It just seems like they could really benefit from developing him. And if he's just a wallflower and he's not getting involved like that, I think that could be an issue. But let's talk about the positive, which is D'Angelo Russell. I I mean, man, he's been impressive. Um, I I guess I shouldn't be surprised. He's had some great games with the Nets, certainly. He's been
0: better than you thought he was going to be.
1: I would say so at this juncture of the season. And there is an appreciation for some of what he did, I think, we were talking about, okay, what does he do on an elite level? That's a hard question to answer. Maybe it's handle. The handle's just been so impressive seeing it game after game, and it's combined with that change of pace that he has and – the way he gets his shot off is often impressive too. And you saw it tonight in that crazy first quarter run he had where off the dribble, he often just shoots it on the way up just quick. And when it's contested, I, a few times, I thought that shot was about to get swatted, but it didn't. It went right on swish. Um, that is a fantastic development for the Warriors. And whether it's a development that it's about stocking their team for the future with a key player or as many have surmised and the warriors say no no no, that's not what we want but hey or if it's about trading him and his trade value um, it was Both poten- are on the I mean it was potentially devastating for this team if he just continued as bad as he initially looked you know preseason first game well that, that would have been you know over a hundred million dollars if he didn't impress but now it's kind now, of a
0: benefit of the Steph injury right I mean he didn't yeah. look good because he was I mean maybe the fit would have eventually worked and you know they needed time to kind of adjust to it but again part of the reason he looks so good part of the reason he is scoring 52 in Minnesota is because he's getting 37 shots in Minnesota he's getting 26 high screen actions in Minnesota and he's just allowed to kind of be Brooklyn Nets D'Angelo Russell instead of you know kind of Klay Thompson 2.0 this newer version as a backcourt mate two-step.
1: Yeah, it it is an advertisement to all the teams in the league that I can be this guy, and, I mean, he looks like a player right now, the way he's playing, who is worth even more than what the Warriors paid for him, and I don't think he gets there if he's still awkwardly playing alongside Steph, trying to fit in. Maybe it's a process. Maybe they get there over the course of the season, but now it's just give him the ball, let him cook and pick and roll, and he is benefiting tremendously um, and it's ultimately, I think, a, a very good development for this team. It's just a matter of who knows what they're going to do with it. Let's say it continues. Let's say he finishes the season. What is he at? He's had 26 points per game, six assists, 38 uh, points per game in the last three. Uh, but, but let's say yeah. he finishes the season with this kind of efficiency, yeah. where I think he's maybe at like what 57% true shooting, some around there. Um, you know, at that point. There are some interesting decisions to make for this team if we're just playing that hypothetical game. And, yeah, we could get into really trying to break down them losing fairly handedly to the Utah Jazz. This this is not the season for
0: that. Yeah, we're not doing that.
1: We're not doing that. This is more interesting to me. What do you do if they're them? That that is an interesting question. Let's say Steph, he either doesn't come back or he barely comes back. Uh, He had the press conference where he said spring for a return. And Russell... Seventy games, twenty-six points, fifty-seven true percent true shooting. Um, could be a lead guard for any guard for any team in the league. What do you do if you're the Warriors? I kind of think that a trade just makes sense. I know they say no, but I think it would just it would just make sense. Well, so this kind
0: of uh, I think hits a little bit on uh, one of the points that you know Steph made in his presser today of why he does want to come back in March, why him and not only just him, but Clay Thompson could benefit from playing the last 15 games, even if it maybe affects their lottery odds a little bit, cause they win a couple games, um, getting him on the court with D'Angelo Russell, not only get and clay, you know, maybe that like three guard lineup um, gets them some experience playing together and also gets the Warriors front office, a look at if they believe, that trio can work on the court together, or as they head towards the offseason, as they try to remake this team come July when the hard cap is lifted, um, maybe they are taught in that 15-game
1: window. Maybe this won't work. Well, there's also a theory that this is what extends Steph's career, to take the pressure off of him, uh, to have this younger guard who can take on a lot of the load. I just don't know if it's going to work out like that. It seems... It just, based on the very early returns... You know
0: what's crazy? Throw clay into the mix, and it's a, and it's an even weirder equation. Yeah,
1: yeah. it just seems like there's only so much basketball to go around. I know people mock that sometimes uh, as a philosophy, because maybe some were theorizing that when Durant came it's along. A lot a Rudy Gobert tweet uh, back might, in the day. It might have been, but I think when it comes to guards and it comes to point of attack, uh, there is a truth to that. So... Uh, that that is interesting all I know is right now this development for the Warriors overall great you know as miserable as it might be for a lot of fans to see them not being very competitive that they are going to in all likelihood I know Steph said who knows maybe they make a run I I don't think that's going to happen Um, but in all likelihood keep the draft pick looks like D'Angelo Russell's trade value just going through the roof right now as uh, you can hear the alarms in the background
0: that's Joe Lake have heard our conversation. Bob Myers heard our conversation. They're trying to ignite us out of the chase center. Oh,
1: my!
0: God. Uh, I don't know. I mean, or, or they keep them and, and, and it's a quirky fit, but you just have three of the better offensive guards in the league on one team. And, and, and then suddenly Draymond can play a more point forward, uh, you know, kind of spray the ball around role with, with, you know, three awesome guards and, and Eric Pascal as the fifth in that uh, new death lineup, the 2020
1: version. Yeah, the Pascal the situation is really interesting to me. I'm more interested whenever he's in the game trying to watch what he's doing. Um, I don't know if taking long twos in isolation is necessarily his future. This is amazing. The alarm's just going off. Are we in danger, Anthony? What's What's going on?
0: I don't know, but all the workers seem very unbothered around us. So uh,
1: hopefully the listener can't hear this too much, but obviously like, there is a slight alarm in yeah. the background. I don't know; if they're, if they're testing something. It's uh, well, it's the soft opening of the of the chase of the chase arena. So uh, I, it's just all part of the experience. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, I think do we talk do we talk pool? I mean, pool had a non awful game, but what what do you think? What do you you think of him so far? When the shot goes in, it looks incredible. It just hasn't gone in very often.
0: Well, well, well. um, Poole, uh, you know, crazy inefficient. He's not scoring in the two-point range at all, barely, um, which I think is kind of like a concern. But it, to me, kind of shows his lack of NBA strength at this point. He's 20. You can tell he can really grow into the body. They have him on on a strength program. Um, but, you know, he can't kind of push guy by, uh, by guys like he did necessarily in college as much, um, which I think will help. To me, like, you know, I, I'm encouraged by the shot form. I always have been since you saw him, like, as a prospect. Uh, I think that's what intrigued the Warriors about him. Uh, but to me, he is at least a year away from being a usable NBA rotation piece. Now, the Warriors, because of their situation, are starting and playing him a ton of minutes, probably playing him over guys like Damian Lee, where that doesn't necessarily help them competitively on a nightly basis. But again, we know that they are viewing 2021, 2022 as more important. And, you know, maybe he could be a role player, a a spot-up shooter by that time. But
1: uh, right now he's just kind of a negative player on the court. Yeah, it seems like he's dribbling into trouble a lot and he's creating harder shots for himself than... Uh, than he needs to. Maybe that's all part of the growing experience. But it seems like for them, he, he would be more useful as almost a purely off-ball guy um, who's almost modeling his game after a J.J. Redick type. Um, and it's so easy for me to say that, but it's, it's unusual to be a, a J.J. Redick type and just be sprinting constantly off-ball, trying to get open, uh, because right now, as you said, he, he can't get by guys, and if he gets to the rim, the conversions haven't been there. Um, I mean, those two misses point blank were uh, indicative of how it's gone this season.
0: Yeah. Uh, last topic I wanted to get to, Steph Curry, you mentioned the press conference, uh, came with a bit of news. Not only did he say he does want to come back this year, as you mentioned, uh, you know, early spring, which would be about mid-March, but he also mentioned, hey, I'm going to need a second surgery on my hand, uh, which was uh, a little bit of news. Um, It is going to be taking the pins out. It's not a serious surgery. This is like kind of common sometimes with with fractures. Uh, But it does mean it was kind of a more complex break uh, than maybe initially thought. And he can't even travel till he gets that second surgery, which he thinks is going to happen in early December. Then he wants to travel in January. Uh, Official reevaluation comes in February. But not necessarily good news for the Warriors, who who we initially thought was a pretty simple break in the non-shooting hand.
1: There hasn't been a whole lot of great medical news of late with the Golden State Warriors, and you wonder if that... I mean, I would assume that whoever does the surgery um, isn't affiliated with the team necessarily, so you can't put that on them. Um, To me, me this was more news about how much
0: it was kind of mangled under Aaron Baines than it was about the surgery.
1: Yeah, but it just seems like it it keeps piling up, but again... You don't want Steph to have any after effects, you don't want Steph to have pins in his hand, uh, having to, uh, you know, get it. Sorry, there's just this alarm keeps going. <laughs> I've gotten
0: used <laughs> to it. Keep going.
1: You've gotten used to it. It makes me feel a heightened sense of something's going on. Oh no, what's wrong with Steph's hand? Oh no, there are pins in it. What are those pins doing? Did Lakeham put them there? Is this part of the tanking effort? Oh my god, the adrenaline. Oh no. Um, You've had quite the night. I've had quite the night out here. Uh, the brownies, uh, not <laughs> those kinds of brownies. Whoa, we gotta Dion, Waiter <laughs> Dion Waiters situation they do have delicious brownies in the media room uh but no it's a sugar rush people it's not a gummy situation um yeah uh, it's it's unfortunate I think Steph hates missing games and he wants to play more and I'm sure a lot of people want to see him play but ultimately the paradoxical nature of the NBA is the less competitive the Warriors are this season the better for the Warriors it's just that kind of weirdo year all
0: right. Well, meow, meow. we are uh, heading towards Wednesday in LA Staples Center against a good Lakers team that that really kind of showed their superiority talent wise in the preseason. And if they lose in LA, that would put them to two and ten. They're currently two and nine, and then they come back home against a good Celtics team who has the second best offensive rating in the league. Going against what I again, what I said is the worst defense in you, the league right now. Is this going to be a twenty point line in LA? Yeah. No. Uh, 20-point, I don't even
1: remember ever seeing a 20-point line in the NBA. I mean, I I I think it's going to be under The Rockets line, when they went to Houston, opened at 17. So, worst defense, worst defense in the NBA. But in Houston, there was no D'Angelo Russell, and there was no Draymond Green. It's a good point. That influenced it. Uh, Probably, mm, maybe 16, maybe 16. 16, (laughs) I bet it's in the
0: 14 range, and I i'm not necessarily like i i definitely like would probably lean towards lakers covering but i bet it's you know you do have russell and, and draymond
1: you do have russell and draymond that does influence things it's easy it's easy to forget that um but yeah i wonder i mean they, they, here here's the question do you think that there will be a line this season do you think they'll get there do you think they will get to 20 at some point
0: no um because I don't remember ever seeing an NBA line at 20. I'm sure there has been, but I just don't remember it. So I'm going to go no, but, you know, uh, let me know when you see it, and I will admit I was wrong. But <laughs> it's, right. a,
1: it's a funny thing to bet on. Um, yeah, I don't know if it's going to get. I don't know, 20 garbage time, it can always get under 20, it seems. So It's a tough one. But, yeah, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens uh, against the Lakers. I mean, that's, that's just a tough team for this team to play. All right, that'll do it for this alarming version of the uh, oh. Warriors
0: L82 podcast. Talk to you from LA.